Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello? Hello? <clears throat> Podcast Network Asia. Network Asia. Welcome to On Deck with Stan C. On the show, I want to tell the real stories behind the real people behind the mic. And before we get to this week's mailbag episode, I just want to say thank you again to everybody who continues to listen to the show, stream the episodes, letting people know that the show exists, sending me DMs. All of those really mean a lot to me. And if you haven't followed the show on Spotify yet, please do it. Give me a five-star rating while you're at it. Of course, the goal is to make sure that we make the Spotify charts, find a way to beat the algorithm, and just, you know, get more ears here on the show. But if you want to support the show through your online shopping, that's more than welcome as well. In fact, you can do it on Shopee. It's super easy. Once you've added to your cart, all you have to do is to grab your mobile phone and type in this URL on the browser. It's podlink.co slash on deck. Again, it's podlink.co slash O-N-D-E-C-K. It'll take you straight to the Shopee app. Then from there, just add to cart and check out. And a portion of what you spend will go to Podcast Network Asia and this podcast to keep the lights on so we can keep sharing these stories and having more conversations about life as a radio personality, just peering behind the scenes, right? You enjoy these conversations. That's what you came here for. That's what this podcast is all about. I told you online that I was planning a mailbag episode for this week. A little bit of an AMA, ask me anything. And because I don't think I'm this super famous personality, I don't think I can afford to do an AMA on Reddit. So that's not what we're going to do here. Instead, I went on social media. I posted on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And I gathered all your questions. And I'm going to answer some of them right here just because I think that it's high time I did a mailbag episode for On Deck with Stancy. It's something I'd been meaning to do as well. And when I decided that this season would primarily be focused on my stories from my time on the radio, then I might as well include this Ask Me Anything episode. And that's why we're at where we're at for this week. All right. Let's get to this first question right here. Shit, it really sounds like being on the radio and I miss it so bad. So this is going to be a lot of fun. Let's get to question number one. This one is from Aaron Alvarez who asks, if you'll use an alias as a DJ, what would it have been? I'm going to start this off with the fact that the radio scene in the Philippines for the longest time has been filled with radio names, mga air names. Names like Chris Chopper, Mo Twister, Nicole Hiala, Rick Stryker, Long Tall Howard if you want to go that far back ahead. Or from the current era, you still have the likes of Sam YG, Slick Rick, Tony Tony, Mr. Fu, Papa Jackson or Papa Jack, however you want to call him. You have 
all these radio names. And that really was the standard for radio in the Philippines for a very long time. Just because I think radio as an industry has always been protective of its privacy. I think that's what drew a lot of people in then. The fact that you don't have to be on camera. You don't have to show your face. You get to hide behind a different name. Kind of like artistas, right? You get to hide behind an air name. And that's what really drew in a lot of people towards the radio industry. And I think somewhere along the way, that began to change. I would say in the 2000s, when radio DJs started appearing on TV more and more, you had Mo Twister, you had Mr. Foo, you had the guys from Boys Night Out, particularly Sam YG. They would be moving back and forth between TV and radio. And I guess that was good for them. That was good for the radio stations. Not sure how the industry felt about it. Because the industry was pretty protective then at some point. But I guess you do you, right? If you're going to get that bag, you go make that bag. And I guess during that time, social media began to sprout out then. In the late 2000s, like Facebook, Twitter, and in the early 2010s, Instagram began to take off. At that point... You could already see the faces of radio DJs, like DJs here in the Philippines would really get pushed and promoted by their respective stations, you know, depending on how proactive their marketing and sales departments were. But you would see their faces on magazines. You would see them producing these YouTube videos or Facebook videos to really promote their people. And I guess with the radio DJs becoming more accessible, the idea of an air name kind of became too old-fashioned, outdated, diba? I think people also realize na magulo eh kapag yung name mo on the radio is different from your name on TV. And I think generally for hosts, they go by their real name. Like if you notice, diba? The really popular hosts like Luis Manzano, that's basically his real name. Or Bianca Gonzalez, I'm guessing, I'm willing to bet that that's her real name. They don't really have like the air names, right? Like Josh Strike or Mo Twister. So I think a lot of these radio DJs decided to just go by their real names and they would go out there and host. So yon, to avoid confusion, I guess, the industry just moved towards being more real and just presenting people under their real names. I mean, unless they had such a bad name na hindi talaga radio-friendly, which still exists, mind you. There are still people who's whose real names just aren't radio-friendly, which, I guess, makes the use of an air name necessary. But for the most part, wala, people are just being themselves on the radio. And I think it's a step in the right direction. Yun, yun yung ko when I got into the radio scene. And I remember when I was training, I really wanted to have an air name because I was thinking like the old school. I was still thinking that I would have to hide behind this made-up name and... I had a lot of baggage from my real name, which is Stanley, and that stems from the childhood bullying, which I'm not going to get into. I don't want to unpack that right here, right now. And I told myself, I really don't want to use my real name on the air. And I was going by Stan, which is my nickname naman talaga in real life. And it's a nickname that I've always loved using, but I never thought of using it on the air because I wanted to have this separation between my real life and whatever career I would forge on the mic. So when I got into the Mellow 94.7 student DJ program, I felt like I hadn't earned the air name yet. So when I was being introduced on the air as a student DJ, I was student DJ Stan or SJ Stan, as uh, we were called back then. So yeah, I was going by Stan and then cut to three weeks or a month since I first started training on Mellow 94.7. I went into the booth and... The DJ on board, her name is Andy. She's still with Mellow 94.7 to this day, by the way. 
The mics were off, she was playing music, and she asked me casually what my name was. And instinctively, when somebody asks you what your name is, you tell them what your name is. You tell them what your real or your shoot nickname is. So I said, hey, my name is Stan. Nice to meet you. It didn't cross my mind that whatever name I had prepared stepping into the booth, you know, that yung gagamitin ko to introduce myself. It never crossed my mind. So about a minute later... Andy turns on the mic and goes, hey, stick around. You've got the School of Jock Show coming up next. You've got Stan joining you from 12 p.m. to 2 right here on Mellow 94.7. And right then and there, I was like, I am fucked. Wala na, tapos na. I can't use whatever made-up names I'd come up with. I have to stick with Stan. I played myself right there. So there. It worked out in the long run because I guess I came of age in the radio industry in a time when, you know, our faces were out there. I was using my real name. There didn't have to be any confusion between Stancy on the radio and Stancy the wedding host or Stancy the guy who was trying to build a career for himself in TV and all that stuff. So I guess it worked out. But to answer your question, Aaron, the made-up names I wanted to use were Chase or Shane or Sean. <laughs> And the reason why I wanted to use those names is because Chase was just such a such a nice white guy name. <laughs> and I don't know why I wanted to sound like a country singer. There is a country singer named Chase Rice, by the way. He was a Survivor player too. But I like the name Chase because of Chase Budinger, the former NBA player. He used to play for the Houston Rockets. I just like the name Chase. And I was also tinkering with Shane because of Shane McMahon. Obviously, there's the wrestling connection and Shane and Stan aren't that too far apart. And I was also thinking of Sean again because of wrestling, because of the heartbreak kid, Sean Michaels. Sean and Stan, not too far apart. So I figured I could probably pull off being introduced as a Sean. Then again, you know, there would have to be me getting rid of the habit of introducing myself as Stan and getting acclimated to using these names, which I've seen many DJs go through over the years. Like they would call each other by their shoot names or they would introduce themselves by their real names on air by mistake or by accident. So I'm glad I never had that problem, which is why I think it worked out in the long run that I'd accidentally introduced myself to Andy. Shout out to Andy, by the way, as Stan and it's stuck and... Here we are. Damn. Uh, that's a pretty long story, but it kind of sent me in all these different directions. So thank you, Aaron, for asking that one. Let's get to this next question from Nicole Ferrer, one of my longtime listeners dating back to my days on Mellow. And Nicole asks, what are some of the administrative tasks that a radio DJ does apart from organizing their own playlist during their shift? A few weeks ago, I came out with this podcast where I basically said that being a radio DJ should be considered a full-time job. And there was a part that I cut out of the final edit where I really went into detail through all of the things that radio DJs actually did. And I felt like it was kind of boring, so I didn't include it in the final cut. But since you asked for it, Nicole, Sige, let's go through that. Let's start with playing commercials and reading sponsored taglines. So that's part of the job, obviously, because that's how radio stations make money. If you don't play the commercials, if you don't read the sponsored taglines, you're basically not doing what the radio station is paying you to do. And you're taking money away from the station because you're pissing off the clients. So that's why that's part of the job. Kasama dun yung mga time checks and the song sponsorships, that's included there. So let's say... It's 4.20. That time check was brought to you by the Denver Nuggets, right? I'm just <laughs> making shit up as I go along here because obviously I don't want to read like a real commercial that I've read lest I inadvertently promote some brand or company that, you know, isn't paying for airtime on the pod. 
But you get what I mean, right? Like when a DJ is extroing a song saying, that was the weekend with sacrifice, and that song was brought to you by WWE 2K22, it hits different. That's basically a tagline. That's basically a song sponsorship that somebody pays for. Now, depending on your station, you can also have other jobs like logging what time commercials get played down to the second. I used to do that at Mellow. And at Mellow 94.7, we would have these commercial logs where they would list down every commercial that should air at a specific time. And it's your job as a DJ to one, play the commercial and to keep track of the specific second that that commercial was played just so if there are any discrepancies, if there are any complaints from the clients, the tech team, the engineers can go through the logs and check and tell whatever client na, oh, pinlay namin na at 2.45.57. So like 2.45 p.m. at the 57 second mark, we played your commercial from this time to that time. So talagang ganun ka detalyado. They really have to list that down. Over at Mellow, it was that detailed. It was also that old school. We also did things like logging what date you last played a song and what shift it was on. So you would know if it was played in the morning, in the afternoon, or at night. And we had these cards for for every song on the playlist. We had these actual flashcards that were laminated, that had labels and stickers. It was an old practice that was done by the late, great Mr. Ching one of the OG spinners or one of the OG DJs from the Mellow Touch era. And it was a tradition, I guess, that they just, you know, maintained over at Mellow. And they would use these flashcards to arrange songs in a certain order so that a specific shift on a specific day can only play a certain set of songs. So, yun, medyo magulo siya. It's a bit too confusing even for me now that, you know, I, I no longer work there. But if you bring me there to the station and if you show me the sack, I can still tell you how to work it. It's just, I am obviously not there at the station, so I can't really take you through the entire process. Other administrative tasks, we would have to issue our own official receipts or ORs for whatever talent fee we'd get for events or sponsored spiels because we are freelancers. Radio DJs are independent contractors. It's something that we've had to get used to in the industry. So we would have to issue our own receipts whenever we'd get paid for the extracurricular stuff. We'd also have to write down our own news reports, our own weather or traffic updates. So yeah, that's also part of the job. And finally, requesting or even producing your own sound effects or your breakers. So back when I was at Wave, I had a shit ton of sound effects that I loved to use. I remember I had so many wrestling sound bites in there. I would have a suck it chant. I would have a yes chant. I would also have these funny little sound effects on my soundboard, like somebody puking or somebody taking a shit, you know, just to really mess with my partners or somebody punching somebody or like a wrestling bell. Yun, so yung mga ganung sound effects, you would either have to request that or if you were more particular about your stuff, like I am, I would actually find a way to get these sound effects myself. So I would sit down in the production booth or I would sit down here at home and I'd find a way to rip these sounds, make sure they're copyright free or, you know, find a way to record them on an MP3. Then I'd ask them to be uploaded onto the computer. Then yun, that would be part of my show. That would be part of my soundboard. So there, that's also part of the job because your station manager, your program directors, they don't know your personality inside and out. So you're going to have to find a way 
to express that personality. And one of the ways is by just knowing what type of sound effects would make you laugh, would really make you happy to play on the air. What sound effects would you likely need if you crack jokes a certain way? So yun, that was something that I had to do for myself, especially when I had a better grasp of how audio production really worked. And I really enjoyed that last bit, just working on your own sound effects or writing down yung mga breakers like the taglines for your show so you can play them in between the commercials and the imaging materials of the station itself. It's part of branding, so kailangan din yun. This next one's from Aemedel who asks, Ano yung masarap balik-balikan as a radio DJ? Or for the non-Tagalog speakers, what do you love looking back on as a radio DJ? And for me, it's usually the music. Like the memories come rushing in when I'm listening to Friday Madness on Magic or the playback on Play FM on Sundays. Because that's when they play the stuff from the 90s and the 2000s, stuff I really grew up on. But... When I'm listening to the playback on Play FM, which is a station targeted towards younger listeners, for them, throwback nine music from the 2010s. So while that makes me feel a bit old, I actually enjoy it because they play a bulk of the music that came out when I was training to be a DJ or when I was already years into the industry. And it just really helps me think back to where I was in life during the time that that song came out. So like a song would come on and I'd be like, oh yeah, I recognize that song. That's Rather Be by Clean Bandit. That came out in 2014. And during that time, I was blah, 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 blah. Like I would start thinking back to all of these memories and all these times that I remember just because they were associated with that song. Like every time Clarity by Zed featuring Foxes would come on, I would pop for it and I would immediately transport myself to the beaches of Boracay where we used to have these events for Mellow. We would have a per diem and we would just be having fun for like an entire weekend. Uh, there was like one particular trip where I was drinking basically from 1 p.m. to 1 a.m. So I would think about these times, think about these memories, right? The really good stuff. So yeah, I think about these times and then a certain song would come on and I'd be like, hey, I fought extra hard to get this one on the playlist. So those would be the songs I'd get extra attached to because there was a time when I really tried to get some songs on our playlist because I felt like, Oh, you know, the other stations were getting a leg up on us. Malalaos na tayo, mapapag-iwanan na tayo. We need this song on the playlist. So I would have these attachments to certain songs, which obviously I don't get to hear as much anymore these days. But when they would come on during the retro or the throwback playlists, a smile would creep up on my face and I'd be like, ah, such simpler times. But, you know, aside from the music, I did mention just the experiences of being with the people, the off-mic conversations in the booth. Those are some of the best times of my life just because you're with a partner. Ideally, you're really good friends with that partner. You trust that partner. You're able to bear your soul with that partner while you're trying to build the chemistry, build that natural connection that ideally should reflect on the air. I really miss those off-mic conversations with my partners or the out-of-town trips like I mentioned Boracay or the other off-work activities like just going out to hang out at a KTV bar or going out of town to Tagaytay, you know, just driving up there for dinner and drinks and driving back down to Manila or stuff like the out-of-town trips that were sponsored by the station as a team-building activity. Just because that's when I got to see my coworkers from the people in the office, the other people on the air staff, the engineers and the technicians, and siyempre, the bosses. You get to see them as actual regular people 
and then you learn more about them through these activities. So, yun, that's what I really miss about my time on the radio. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This next one is from Marjo who asks, Does personal preference in music get in the way, especially when you're talking about chart-topping songs? And how does personal taste figure in the whole thing? All right, this is going to be a bit tricky. So the ideal answer is that it shouldn't, but it does. And let me contextualize by saying that I can't speak for the other DJs. I can't speak for the other shows. I can't speak for the other countdowns. I can only speak about my own experiences of managing a top 10 countdown every Friday, which I did for a little over four years. I will say that I've followed Jung voting results down to the T when it comes to actually putting a countdown together on a Friday night. So that's happened. But I will also admit that I've had a hand in influencing certain decisions like who's going to be at number one this week, which song is going to make the cut, which song is not going to make the cut. So I've had to learn how to do that as well. Here's why. For starters, fan bases can be pretty hard to control. And that's putting it diplomatically, especially when social media became a thing. You would have all these fan bases for the popular artists. And I'm going to reference these artists and these acts from the early 2010s. So you'd have Ariana Grande and her Arianators, the Selenators from Selena Gomez, the Swifties, the Directioners, the Katie Cats, that's for Katy Perry, the Little Black Stars, that's for Avril Lavigne, the Vamily, that's for the Vamps. Man, I just miss shouting out all those fan bases. But back when I was co-managing a countdown, it would be difficult to just count every vote that came in aside from the ones on the website. See, one of the stations I used to work for, it had a website where you could actually vote for the songs that you felt should be at number one. So malaking tulong yun because you could just look at a song and go, okay, Dark Horse by Katy Perry, 78 votes, right? So that's pretty easy. Where it gets tricky is on Facebook and Twitter where all the comments, all the votes can just be copy-pasted and then sent en masse to the station's Twitter account, right? It's kind of like having to deal with the trolls and the troll farms and all that. But in our case, it was just super, super hard to go through the website and the Facebook and the Twitter because you'd have to do all of that manually, all right? So there were times when I would actually go through the website and then you know, you know, like if it said it had 
88 votes versus 100 votes. You know, it's a clear-cut choice. The song with 100 votes would win the day, right? But we also had to deal with the fact that our station wasn't adding songs at the rate that other stations were adding songs. So, medyo napapag-iwanan kami ng ibang stations at the time. Like, we would get really popular songs like All of Me by John Legend. When that came out, in, I believe, 2013 or 2014, we didn't have that song on our rotation for a good three, four, five months. And that was a management call. That's something I couldn't dispute, even though I was really pushing hard for all of me because everybody and their mother was singing it here in the Philippines. But we didn't have that song, right? So I'm using all of me as an example here. Like when all of me finally entered the countdown, like it wasn't as famous as the other songs that had already made a mark on the countdown. But we had to recognize that All of Me was a huge song when it came out. So we put it in the countdown, gave it a quick run at number one, just so we could say that it was a former number one song, and then just ushered it out of the countdown as quickly as it came in. So we've had to do that for several songs, especially those that would come in a little bit past their prime. Like the momentum, the heat had already been built up, and then it had already simmered down and cooled down. And... Whatever artist, let's say One Direction, was already promoting a different single, and we would still be playing the old One Direction song. So, in then we'd just give it a quick run in the countdown, maybe a transitional run at number one, and then quickly usher in the next One Direction song. So, we've had to do those things just because it was a bit of a challenge to work with the pace with which we added songs, which wasn't ideal, wasn't really optimal for what we were trying to go for with the countdown. So, yun. We've had to influence certain things in the countdown just because we had to keep up this image that we were as up-to-date with the other pop stations as we could be. And if the fan bases were clamoring for a certain song that still wasn't there on the countdown, for whatever reason, we would just say, nah, oh, you know, wait for it. It would show up. It's going to be there in a few weeks, maybe. But yeah, within the confines of what we could control, which was the countdown itself, that's what we try to tinker with by putting certain songs over other songs. Like, you know, ah, time nani Katy Perry. Okay, let's let's put her on number one because I think that it did deserve to be at number one. It just didn't get the amount of votes, but it really was the hot song globally. So yun, we'd put Dark Horse at number one for like a week or two weeks. But in terms of personal preferences, I think it only went as far as this particular artist or this particular song is spending way too much time at number one. Taylor Swift. I think it's time that Ariana Grande takes over at number one for this week. Like, I don't think I ever blackballed an artist or a song just because I hated it. Like, even if a certain song was so overplayed, if it was number one, it was number one. Right? So there. This next question is from Migs Liad who asks, How have streaming services changed the way that people consume radio nowadays? The quick answer is a lot. As in. Now, for years, yung behavior ng radio listeners has been linked to them being on the road. Like if they're driving or if they're in a vehicle, if they're in an FX, right? Or on a bus. Chances are whatever music they're hearing, they're hearing from a radio. So a lot of radio listenership is linked to being on the road, right? The pandemic obviously changed all that since a lot of us have had to be stuck at home. So our radio listener habits had to change then. They had to adapt. And that's why certain radio stations, they really changed their programming, their schedule, their routines since March 2020 happened. 
ang laking bagay din that a lot of offices went on a work from home setup so there were less people gathering together in a shared workspaces less people listening to just one radio so dun palang the difference in work setup the difference in travel setups the commutes right it really affected the way that people listen to the radio but on a personal level if you're driving for example it's so easy to just put on Spotify or Apple Music and put on your custom playlist. Like when I drive, I don't really like listening to the radio. I'd rather put on a podcast or if I were going on a road trip, I'd be listening to my playlist of boy band music or 90s and 2000s hits just because that's the type of music I'm really into. And streaming services really change the game because for starters, you get to choose your own playlist and then you don't have the annoying DJs talking over the intro or talking over the extra. Yes, I'm self-aware enough to know that it is annoying, all right? I get it, but it's part of the craft. It's part of the job. And that's why I just love doing it as well. And I can't blame any DJ who's trained to do that and who still does that to keep the tradition going on the air, all right? Now, if anything, going back to Migs' question here, what streaming services emphasized is that the selling point for radio stations these days is really the listener interaction. Like, I've got to give a shout out to Q105, who does a very good job of integrating social media interaction with their on-air programming. Like, they just let people call them up via Zoom and they get on the radio show. That's how they've adapted with the whole telephone thing. They also are very good with their TikTok game. And that's what puts radio over Spotify these days. Because you can't talk to Spotify. You can't talk to Apple Music. But you sure as hell can interact with a DJ because that is a human being on the other side of the call. So there. That's what streaming services really did. It's emphasizing that radio is still a very personal medium. And that more often than not, you can hope that the interaction is somewhat real as opposed to an AI which just analyzes your behavior, your insights, but doesn't really talk to you or doesn't really ask you how you feel or how your day was, right? So there. Last question from this round of the mailbag comes from Matt Scott of the Rob as a Podcast Network who asks, have you ever been recognized by your voice in public? Well, no, not really, because I don't think of myself as this super hotshot voiceover or the super hotshot host that people should be recognizing anyway. I'm not. I actually like the fact that I can remain anonymous. I can be incognito, especially when I go out. So that's something that I'm pretty happy about when it comes to my career. There is this funny story, though. So let me go on a B-side here and tell you about the time when I visited the sports apparel store and I used to do their in-store radio. As in, I was the voice that you would hear in the commercials and the merch plugs that would be airing on all the different branches of the sports apparel store. So this was before the pandemic. I just casually walked in the store. I think I was there to buy some mouth guards because I grind my teeth in my sleep. So I came in, I was looking for mouth guards and I was just casually talking to the staff. And as I was speaking to them, the in-store radio was playing the commercials with my own voice in them. And I was speaking to them. I wasn't modulating my voice. I wasn't really trying to sound like the dude in the commercial. But it was just really funny to me. It popped me so hard that I was speaking to them while my own voice was also blaring in the speakers right above me. Nobody was wise to it. Nobody knew that it was me. I mean, I'm not famous at all. So it's not like I expected to be recognized. But if somebody did match my voice with the voice blaring through the speakers... I would probably find it pretty cool, but nobody did, and I'm thankful that that didn't happen. However, 
I have been recognized at a voiceover workshop. So this is among fellow voice talents. We would do these voiceover workouts. Shout out to Vocal Alliance, to Robbie Joseph, and the rest of the wonderful people in that organization. We would have these monthly trainings just so we can sharpen our game. And I remember being in one of these workouts over Zoom. And one of the fellow attendees who I'd attended a couple of workshops with sends me a private message over Zoom and asks, Hey Stan, you ba yung voice dun sa paint ad that came out in like 2017 or 2018. And I was like, holy shit, that was the very first commercial I'd ever done. How do you know? And she's like, I was part of the talents in that roster as well. I was part of that commercial. You were the main announcer voice. And I remember your voice from your delivery right now and that commercial from 2018. She recognized my voice from those commercials. And that was as close that I'd ever gotten to anybody recognizing me in public, and I say this with air quotes, for my voice. That's that's really it. So thank you very much for all of your questions. I really love just dipping into the mailbag and trying to unearth all these stories and sharing them with you. I can guarantee that this will not be the only episode with a mailbag questions, all right? There's going to be a part two somewhere down the road. That's because I saved some of your questions for a future episode and I realized that I talk way too much and that this episode alone was longer than I'd intended it to be. So I'm going to cut it right here. If you want to keep sending in those questions for the On Deck with Stancy mailbag, please feel free to hit me up at underscore Stancy on Twitter or on Instagram. I'll be happy to answer more of these questions for you on another episode of the podcast. Next week on the show, I've got... Susie, a.k.a. Tin Gamboa of Magic 89.9, one of their longtime voices and personalities, and we're going to have a very fun conversation about being an openly political radio DJ. Now, if you've ever been in the broadcast industry, you would know that the old school mentality is to never get involved in anything political. Tin Gamboa does not follow that at all. One look at her social media, you know what she stands for. We're going to have a fun conversation about it, and... I'm going to ask her how that all started. All right. So next week, Tin Gamboa here on deck with Stan C. But if you want to support the show, as always, you can do that over on Lazada with your online shopping. All you have to do is to hit up this link on your mobile phone browser. It's podlink.co slash on deck Lazada. Again, it's podlink.co slash O-N-D-E-C-K-L-A-Z-A-D-A. From there, it'll take you straight to the app. Just add the cart and check out. And a portion of what you spend will go to Podcast Network Asia and this podcast to keep the lights on at no extra cost to you. Just a few reminders as I make my way out of here. Please continue to wear your double masks. Keep yourself safe. Go get your vaccines and your boosters if and when you can. And come May 9, 2022, Pilipinas. Parang awa niyo na utang na loob. It's the most important election of our lifetimes. Go out and fucking vote. And in the words of the great Angelica Panganiban, huwag bumoto ng magnanaka. Alright? Big thanks to the producers here at Podcast Network Asia for all the work that they do. And on that note, I'm out of here. My name is Stan C. Thank you very much. And I hope I've earned the privilege of your time. Bye-bye. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. 
Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide.